Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. (laughs) This is X-Virgin and I'm your host, Carter Cruz, here to explore the world of sex and relationships in a unique way. I promise to make you laugh and share all the best tips. Headphones in, because this is about to get wild. This episode is sponsored by Woo More Play. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome back to X-Virgin. I am here today with my friend Travis Peterson, also known as the Nomad Cook. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) He is a cannabis chef. And I had the pleasure of going to one of his dinners. It was delicious. So we wanted to talk a little bit about weed and food and sex today. So thank you for coming on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) So uh, it's a little thing we like to do to start uh, the podcast just to, you know, get you comfortable talking about sex. (laughs) Because I know this isn't your normal, you know, thing. How did you lose your virginity? How did I lose my virginity? Uh, It's actually a good story. I I was, like, was 15. So I grew up in Vancouver, British Mm -hmm. Columbia in Canada. And every winter we would go up to Whistler and I was 15. So that was what grade 10. We were in a pool hall and I had met, uh, we'd met this group from San Jose. Uh-huh. They were in their first year of college. And of course I lied, you know, I'm 19, yeah. really was 15. <laughs> and uh, there was a couple and then the girl who was kind of the tag along with them on this vacation. So one thing kind of led to a next, we went up to the hotel room and it was very intimidating as a 15 year old to be with like college people <laughs> in a hotel room and things are happening. And then the other two kind of go into the bathroom together. And yeah, it was kind of a, a fling and uh, you know, it didn't have that special meaning and everything. Right. It was kind of just like the, the guy's version of. Right. You know, <laughs> but it's still exciting, right? It, yeah. It, it totally was. When I was so. uh, 15, I ended up in a co- in a hotel room with a bunch of college kids too. And uh, I just actually smoked weed for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I got, was drinking some jungle juice and all my friends left crazy. Like, I didn't really know anyone there. It was like my friend's older brother, not friend, I guess. And she had left because she was going to miss her curfew. And I, I don't know why they left me there. And so, but I'm hanging out, you know, I'm drinking some whatever shit out of a solo cup, you know? And someone's like, oh, you smoke weed? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And I smoked weed for the first time and I got the spins like crazy and oh my god i was like you know when you're it's almost like you're in a k-hole you're like 
I knew I was fine, but I did not look okay. Yeah. I started yakking in the parking lot. They're all like, oh my God, who is this underage girl? <laughs> so I, uh, to be honest, it probably would have been better if I just had some, you know, semi, you know, just casual yeah. sex. But uh, yeah. it, was, it was terrifying. They had to bring me back to, uh, they're like, oh, we're going to take you home. Yeah. And I'm crying, please, please don't take me home. My parents are going to kill me. You know, I was supposed to be sleeping at this girl's house. They ended up getting a hold of one of my friends who had called me an actual friend, you know, and and they dropped me off at her house. She wrapped me in trash bags in her bag. So, <laughs> so when did you get into marijuana, like cannabis? You know what? what do we what do we call it? Weed, marijuana, cannabis. You know what? I actually tried to really call it by the more like scientific and professional right. terms because I'm trying to break the stigmas of what people think weed and pot is, right? right. Like my mom calls it pot. Right? The devil's lettuce. The devil's <laughs> lettuce, right? I, I'm trying to change people's perceptions. So I call it cannabis. You know, growing up in British Columbia, Vancouver, cannabis was widely accepted in the culture, kind right. of everywhere. You know, it was a $6 billion industry before getting turned into, you know, legalization and right. that that was going into organized crime. And it just, you know, it was always really accepted. So 14 years old, I think I tried it for the first couple of times, right. but never really got stoned until one day I went back uh, lunchtime at grade eight, went back to some girl's house for lunchtime and her older brother and them were hitting a bong, yeah. which I had never seen before or anything. And they're like, do you want to do it? And I was like, of course I do. <laughs> and I hit it and it, it rocked me. And it, <laughs> I just remember going back to math class in this portable, sitting in the back room, just being like, Everything was do, 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 right? <laughs> so, you know, it's always been a part of my life, you know, and I got into cooking with it. 2018, Canada federally legalized cannabis. And I was just going to do one time, you right. know, April 20th, I kind of turned my house into a pop-up restaurant and I had 164 people come through over four days. So oh, we were wow. doing five seatings of 12 a day. The local news asked to come and do a story, like the TV news. And I was like, sure, I'll talk about this illegal thing I'm doing out of my house <laughs> on camera. And they said, oh, it's only going to be on the local news at five o'clock. And then at 530, it ran as the lead story on the national. And it just, it literally blew up within a couple of days, media all over the country and Canada calling other people from cities in Calgary and Edmonton and Toronto saying, hey, you should come and do this here. Right. So, you know, I I really kind of found myself through it. Right. Right. Cannabis has brought me all the happiness in right. my life, you know, and, you know, this was the first step into this path that I didn't really know where I was going with it when I started. You know, I always thought it'd be cool to be able to travel to Toronto and Montreal and cook over there. Right. Fast forward to last year and I'm cooking in Paris and London and right. Amsterdam and New York. And, you know, it kind of, this ride just started going and I just kind of, Followed suit with it. You yeah, know? you're always you're always everywhere. So <laughs> I know you know it's, it's you're the one person I can kind of relate with when I see you on Instagram, <laughs> like with traveling and being at airports and just being like totally drained from it. You know, it's it's kind of you know be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah. anytime you, you know, I feel like I talk about this a lot with friends. Anytime you do anything that you love as a job, I mean, it is a job, right? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't still love it, yeah. but you are going to have those days yeah. always. Yeah. So how do you, like, how do you eat? How do you cook for yourself on the road? Because 
Do you, you know, that's, that's really tough. And it's like, you know, every year I set a goal for myself and, you know, like last year it was to cook in Europe. We did it the year before was to get the cookbook out year before was to find a sponsor to get me an RV. And we toured across Canada and did all these dinners outdoors because of COVID we weren't allowed to do it inside. So right. This year, it's the first year where I'm like, it's not about a specific career achievement, but it's more about my health. Right. right? I'm turning 40 in June. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, holy shit, I'll, where did where did the last 20 years go? <laughs> so I'm just a lot more conscious of like what I'm eating. And, you know, when I'm on the road, it's, it's going to be even tougher. And it's really planning ahead. Right. You know, I am planning for hundreds of people you know i travel to the airport with a couple coolers worth of food right right i have my i have five pieces of luggage up to 470 pounds that i travel wow. with right and, and luckily i've hired someone now to come with me the yeah. young, young buck who's gonna help <laughs> kind of lift do the heavy lifting but you know i've come to the conclusion listen if i can plan for 200 people i right. can plan for one more person right right right, right? <laughs> you're already bringing the food so how much do you source like the food before as opposed to getting it, stuff it, when you it, get there you know what a lot of like if you know my if it's fish or anything any sort of my proteins in that right, right i want to get that local when i when i come Fresh. in but if i'm making my sauces and you know the different gels and there's there's a lot of stuff that can be done before ahead of time and you know that's just how like I've never worked in an actual kitchen. Right. right. I didn't come up that way. I actually got onto MasterChef and that's how my oh. whole cooking career started. Right. But I, I love those shows. I'm I, big, you know, big I was a shit. huge fan. Yeah. I, I jokingly applied yeah. on a Friday at 4 p.m. from work. <laughs> no way. It was like, this will take me an hour to fill this application out. And on Monday, I got a call. Do you want to come in for an interview? And, you know, I went in the, that whole sort of series, I, I went to that show going, I'm going to win this. Right. And I didn't even get an apron. I lasted a full two episodes. <laughs> I had three minutes of airtime, right? Like, but I walked off the show with this big smile on my face. Right. and was like, hey, I got to be part of this. It was cool. A month later, I got laid off from, I had a really good career in oil and gas as a business manager for an oil company. I had a severance package for six months and I said, fuck it, I'm going to try this cooking thing out. Right. Is that when you did the pop-up? Yeah. So that started 2016. That first two years, I worked for some professional hockey players, cooking for them, right. doing cooking lessons, really just little things here and there. It, right. That was the hardest thing I've ever gone through was to walk away from six-figure salary, Right. completely get rid of everything, spend a year sleeping on couches with friends at like 31, yeah. Right? There was a huge ego check of like, but it was the best thing that I ever did. You know, that last career, I had like, I had a giant hole in me. Nothing right. would fill it. And I tried everything out there. Right. right. I had that six figure salary, the five weeks vacation. I was golfing. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fulfilled with life. Right. Right. And then as soon as I started cooking for people, it was just like, it was just something, it was this new drug. Right, yeah. Right? Like, I love the reaction I get from people when they have a great evening. People are always like, what's your favorite dish to make? And it's like, whatever you're going to love. Yeah. Right? Like, what you truly and honestly love. If if someone says to me, it reminds me of a dish my dad used to make or of this moment in my life, like, I think that's the best compliment you can get. I so. loved the dinner that we went to. I still think about so many, I loved the soup. 
And I think you infused the the lobster oil yeah. that you yeah. put on top. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh, there was a lot of things that you served that I was like, not sure if I was going to like. I'm not a picky person. Yeah. So I didn't think I would like hate it. But I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I was like, oh, lobster oil. I don't know. I like lobster, but yeah. I didn't know how I felt about that drizzle into my soup. But that was the infused yeah. thing. Yeah. But oh, my God, it added that <laughs> umami. It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. My other favorite thing was, I mean, it was all delicious, but the... It, the mushrooms that you made yeah. with the truffle on it. Yeah. And that was another thing. I'm not a big truffle person. Yeah. I think, especially I think a lot of people cook with it. They use the fake stuff. Yeah. It gets this overpowering flavor. And so yeah. to me, truffle, a lot of times I just feel like it's too much. I'm yeah. like, ah, like whenever something's truffle flavored, I'm like, ah, I don't want it. Yeah. You were putting it on there. And I was like, oh no, I don't know if I'm like this. And it was just mushrooms. And I felt like I was eating the most like, delectable oh. pasta you know, you know it, it could have replaced right now like honestly my my head's just growing because <laughs> that was like two a year and a half ago and to listen to you describe two of those dishes to me right. it's just like that's just the biggest compliment oh, I, right? I, I now i put you put the little pepitas on the soup i've yeah. been doing that yeah. when i have soup at home now so you inspired <laughs> yeah. me love that all right I, I will, go. someday yeah. i'm gonna have to have you teach me how to make those mushrooms because yeah. that was just i couldn't believe that i was well, not eating pasta so that mushroom dish i put it on the menu i did in europe at the soho house and so all the dinners i do are always pop-up style where all the guests come in and sit down and I come out and I talk, right? right? The talking is a big part of what I do. Yes. Right. We do the two in London. We do the one in Amsterdam. It's all great. I get to Paris. It's a hundred people. The largest dinner I've ever done Wow. in Paris in a five-star hotel. I am feeling imposter syndrome. I am nervous. I'm all the feelings, right? right. But fuck it. We get through 24 hours of prep an hour before the dinner, they do a hotel meeting and they're like, going over the dinner i said well when do i go out and talk and yeah. he said well what do you mean Jeff?" i said well i'm gonna introduce every course right. and he said well no we've closed our restaurant you're taking it over you're gonna run our kitchen and we're just gonna serve your menu oh and so that's never, a bummer i feel like as someone going to one of those well, dinners that's such a part of it you know to hear correct. the chefs they, talk about their creations you know but it, it was almost like a real reality show in the sense of like okay you're now going to lead this French kitchen. Right. Right. With a ticket machine and do people's dosage. And like, I like feel so sick. For that. <laughs> That's right. But sitting in that meeting with a big smile on my face and that, and uh, you know, I just kind of walked out and said, okay, listen, I'm in this. Got to do it. Yeah. You know, too I'm late gonna, to turn I'm back. Too late to turn <laughs> back. Right. And I went in and uh, we served 102 covers in three and a half hours. And like, I remember getting called out by this this first table and the Frenchman's like, you know, when I got here, I was so mad I couldn't get the regular menu. Yeah. <laughs> they told me if I wanted to be able to smoke cigarettes in here, I had to order off your menu. I don't <laughs> even know what this menu is. It's the best meal I've had in two years. Oh. And so they would like dress me down and then throw me this big compliment. And so I was... <laughs> It was. It seems it's very French. <laughs> right? It's so French. But it was just like, it was so cool because... The one thing with culinary cannabis and why we haven't seen it transition anywhere close to restaurants yet is they say, like, how can you dose a room full of people with a variety of tolerance right. levels? Right. And like, we just did it. Yeah. I was wondering about that because I know the dinner we went to is pretty small. Yeah. And that was, I came there with my ex and I remember he was, he doesn't use cannabis. Yeah. So he was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And that was the only time, I mean, he's, I've seen him smoke weed a couple times, yeah. but he usually regrets it. He's like, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> and uh, that was the only time I've ever seen him 
I think too, you gave us that drink when we first like yeah. came in and you said it was a, a nano. So it's it hits you a little infused. faster. Yes. And it, and I think a lot of times when people consume weed, it, it hits them too quickly, right? Yeah. So they go from being sober to suddenly they're high. And that is what gives people that panic and anxiety. But having that first drink, yeah. sitting there talking, relaxing, probably got him just that little bit yeah. going. And so, and then we're eating it and you're eating with it. And, and it's, it's, it's not so much just about that THC, right? right? Like, I mean, if you're using like a distillate, an eyedropper, where you're just eyedropping on top, it, that's just pure THC, right? Right. That can bring on that paranoia and anxiety for anyone with a really low tolerance. Right. So it's really important when they say full spectrum, it means to use all parts of the plant. Right. Right. Because they're all going to work together to create a better experience. Right. Right. So I dose all of my guests individually based on their own tolerance level. Served over 15,000 people now and 900 have been first time cannabis users. Wow. So, you know, we've really tapped into the demographic of 55 plus. So you're who, taking a lot of virginities over we here. We are taking a <laughs> lot of virginities, right? And they are the most important guest who comes in because they are nervous. They're skeptical, right? They're sitting with strangers at a table. The whole reason I fell in love with what I do is the strangers at a table, the way cannabis makes people bond right you know that very first dinner i did we had a table that had nothing in common i said to my team engage them make sure it's not quiet they didn't need us that whole table went out and got a drink together right after right and that's like you know we don't serve alcohol to dinners right right so you know sometimes which is people, good yeah sometimes people will complain and like just listen just just come and experience this right hey listen i love having a wine pairing but this is more focusing on the cannabis plant you know this year, one of the things that we're doing with the Nomadic Nights event is we're going to actually spend the first 45 minutes to bring each guest into the kitchen and to sort of get that one minute interaction with myself where they can ask some questions. Right. And we're going to give them that first infusion before they ever sit down at the table. Right. Because sometimes that edible can take an hour, right? right. Before it kind of kicks in. Right. You know, sometimes the guests don't feel it till the end of the night. Right. And we want them to kind of feel it. Right? right through like, the dinner right i'm going to pick you up to that perfect medium and then i'm going to use the terpenes not just from the cannabis but from also the food yeah to carry the way and the terpenes are not just the flavor and aroma of cannabis right but they're responsible for the effects that you feel when you use it right like this is the thing i love about california it's probably the most educated cannabis market in the country maybe even in the world when you go into retail right why is how it's not do you want indica sativa because those are just terms that were really created by the industry to help sell cannabis to new people. Right. right? <laughs> if we go in a little more in depth and start talking about the terpenes, the words can be intimidating to people. Right. You know, the words like caryophylline and limonene. Right. right? <laughs> so people, you know, but in California, that is a, a thing that, you know, the cannabis they, they connoisseur. They tend to put it on place they, on they, In packaging. California, they put it on labeling now. Right. And like, I, I literally work in every market around the country and you're seeing that, you know, start to, to go east, right? You're right. starting to see the labeling in Arizona include the terpene profile on it. So anytime I go into a dispensary and a, and a bud tender wants to talk about the terpene profiles in a strain, I'm always like, okay, I think they're a little more, you know, onto the plant and stuff like that. I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff about it in California. I don't know too much about it. So when you're making a dinner what are the terpenes that you're, cause you're looking for probably the so, sociability. Usually what I'll do is I'll work with a company who will provide me with strains. So, you know, if we look at your 
sativa strains, right? right? As I put the air quotes up there with my fingers, you know, limonene, which we find in the rinds of our citrus fruits, Mm -hmm. pinene, which we find in our garden herbs like oregano, dill, parsley, basil, those have a little more uplifting therapeutic effects, right? Right. So, you know, I don't want to start five course menu off with the sedative terpenes that are going to put everyone all in couch lock and like everyone's just sitting there dead quiet, right? I always wait for that moment because it happens at one point night where you can just know everyone's kind of stoned and they're like, really focused on that dish yeah. that eating. It's just like, I got I got pretty high because I think I said my tolerance was yeah. up so I yeah. by the end I was sociable during dinner but when we got in the car I was like oh I'm, I'm high <laughs> <laughs> well okay so so for that's for sociability but if you're I guess I'm curious about oh, yeah. you know with using cannabis as like you know something you're using during sex yeah what would be the strains that you'd go for for that because then you're looking for more of the body high well and this is and this is where terpenes really kind of come play into it because we all react differently to terpenes right so this is why it's you know i know when markets like turn legal they have all this stuff to give out to people and there's these cannabis journals which like seem kind of corny right but they're actually really useful if you were to write down the strain that you smoked that day Right? right. And what it's three terpene profiles are. If there's your favorite strain and you give it to someone else and they're like, man, it's all right. Right. But like for you, it just does everything. Right. That's those terpenes reacting with your endocannabinoid system. Right. Right. We all react differently. That's why some people can have some ill effects from certain cannabis, you know, and right. um, why some people get a lot of anxiety in that. So that's where it really comes down to like spend two weeks to find like, was there a strain that kind of, you know, started to get you a little turned on that right. kind of got your mind thinking? Like, start to look at what was in that cannabis. Right. Right. And go, okay, maybe it was this terpene here. So the next time you go into the store, instead of being like, you know, give me an indica for nighttime. Right. Right. Like, hey, what has These little terpenes. in it? Right. You know, that's the thing to kind of explore there because I don't know if it's because I use cannabis, you know, from kind of morning to night but like for me cannabis has never been the thing to like get me turned on or like get me in the mood in that you know but like afterwards you know like the the smoke in the bed (laughs) i don't smoke cigarettes but like you know a joint after sex you know oh yeah a joint after sex is great yeah so i guess it's a little bit of experimentation just like with anything else with your body and with sex you kind of got to try things out yeah because I know for me, I mean, I do like to smoke before sex because yeah. usually it's like a nighttime thing. And, yeah. and I'm so, my brain's going like this all the time. It's to slow it down. Yeah. And, and definitely helps slow it down. But, you know, every once in a while, you can definitely get that yeah. where it just makes your brain race more. And yeah. I, a strain I really like, which is funny, I did my, back when you had to have your medical thing yeah. in California, you know, I did a tele-doctor sitch. And, you know, I'm not taking this seriously. I'm mm-hmm. just like, give me my pass to go get weed, right? Yeah. And, uh, but the woman, she's asking me a lot of questions, you know, and I'm like, why aren't we doing this? Like, you know, just, I'm just trying to get weed. And she suggested, but I told her, you know, I I have migraines and, you know, blah, blah. And she suggested uh, Blue Dream, which is a pretty common strain. And, you know, that's a hybrid. And I know you said those are very blanket terms, but I always kind of went for more of like the heavier indicas that are more body highs and like slow you down because I'm already such a neurotic person. And I was like, she was like, oh, you should try. Like, if you start to feel a headache, come on, maybe just take like one little puff, you yeah. know, and 
kind of didn't take her that seriously. <laughs> but when I went to go get weed, yeah. I didn't really, you know, back in the day or cannabis, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when I went back in the day, I didn't really know too much about anything. Yeah. So I was like, I saw it there and I was like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah. And it's still today one of my favorite strains. It's like the one that I'll use if I'm going to be out around people. So because like, it, I would say to you, like, look at what the terpene profiles right. in Blue Dream are. Right. And like, let that sort of dictate your next shopping. Like, right. if Try you went in there new. and be like, hey, what is similar to these three terpene profiles? Right, right. right? And you might really start, I, I say to people, like, it really changes your experience with cannabis. Right. Because you're really kind of starting to understand the plant a little bit more. Right. You know, now that we have the NBA and Major League Baseball allowing their players to use cannabis. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. they've So they've changed like this the past, like right now, NBA players can, you know, use cannabis if they're in a state where it's legal. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I worked amazing. with some football players in Canada when I was still up there creating recipes that, you know, were sort of consistent with their lifestyle habits during the season, right? Guys looking to sort of get assistance sleeping that didn't really want to be using you know, over the prescription pills or right. pain meds, right? One of my favorite dishes to have as a snack is like a ginger turmeric hummus, mm-hmm. right? It's healthy. That it's something delicious. nice to have before bed. I feel good about myself eating it, right? right? And then I'm bam, I'm like getting that eight hour sleep without waking up every hour. In that, right. right. So you're so, doing mostly edibles then when you're, cons- like you said, you're consuming well, it. So I'm a, I'm a blunt man. I have smoked blunts <laughs> since I was like 18 years old, you know, and to the point where I think I am more hooked on the process of rolling the blunt, the, mm-hmm. the whole culture of that you know process of lighting, smoking it, sitting there for 30 minutes in my head thinking, I now as my like health kick of this year, I want to switch to edibles full time. Right. Right. Because I'll wake up in the morning and I'll smoke weed, but I'll never wake up in the morning and eat an edible. Right, right. <laughs> it does seem right. aggressive, right? <laughs> right? Yes, right. And the rolling of it, it's kind of like a, it's it's Nostalgia. it's the foreplay. Yeah, right. You, you know, it's a hundred percent. So you're you're getting yeah. in the mindset. I I love blunts too, but yeah. I can't roll them. Yeah. I did teach myself to roll a joint finally over because yeah. I've always been yeah. just I have my little bong. Yeah. That's what I smoke before bed. But I always loved when other people rolled them. But over the pandemic, I was like. I got time. I watched it. I think it's like Snoop Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched his tutorial yeah. and I was like, okay, no, I'm like pretty good at it. And I actually like it better than buying the yeah. pre-rolls because they yes. tend to overpack them. Yeah. And I think you waste a lot of weed yeah. and they're more expensive. And usually the pre-rolls are what is left over. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just a shake. Yeah. They yeah. just shove it in it's there. It's what's left over from what didn't make it into the jar. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a, a buy a flower type of guy and you know a little bit of a chronosseur. Like I'm I'm kind of a little picky with what brands I personally want to smoke and enjoy. But uh, you know, I I just went back to Canada for Christmas time and I found it quite shocking. You know, Canada federally legalized cannabis in 2018. Mm-hmm. And America is like light years ahead right now with the development of the industry. Right. Right. I think the capitalist mindset of America and how they're treating it has just allowed for a lot more growth, which is part of the reason why, you know, I came down here. You know, what I want to put out this year is an online class where people can go on and learn the fundamentals, learn how to be safe. Because, you know, I've heard the brownie story a million times, right? right? Back in college, me and some friends <laughs> yeah, yeah. had a bag of pot and we poured it in this, you know, 
and Bob ate the corner and tripped balls for like 24 <laughs> hours. Like I heard that story. And I haven't touched it since. Right. right. It's just so common. So there's a big uphill battle that we're facing, you know, right. trying to normalize this. And I didn't want to be called a cannabis chef at first. I didn't want to do this because I thought it was a fad. Right. But it's not. Right. Like, it's really something cool. And it's something that, you know, to me is Canadian. It's North American. Right. It, right. Colorado, California, really like this is where we picked up 10 years ago. So it, it's really cool to kind of be at the forefront of this right now. Right. And, you know, you're leading the charge. I'm getting to see all of America. Yeah. You know, you know, I get asked, tell me like a, a real funny event you've done, a real funny story. And this will kind of play into the whole sex thing here. So <laughs> one of the most memorable dinners I've ever been hired to do was for a Halloween dinner mm -hmm. out at this big ranch. And the couple was so excited because the grandparents were taking the kids away for the weekend. So the, the, the husband kept saying to me, I'm so, uh, the kids are gone. Yeah. <laughs> we got all our friends coming. We're going to get, we're having partying tonight. Yeah. We're having great, everyone's in costumes. And so, you know, we're feeding off their energy. We're excited to be there and serve the first course. They go out, we come back in. We're starting, we plate the second course. I go out and I talk, I come back and we're finishing the plating. A lady walks by us, goes into the washroom. A gentleman falls her in the bathroom. And, you know, the my team kind of looks at me and I said, no, don't worry about it. Right. And so we bring the course out and we come back in. And when we come back after dropping the plates off, there's definitely something going on in that washroom. Right. right? <laughs> and to like, we're all kind of smirking and we're like, he kind of funny. And were they strangers before this? Or I guess well, they, they were from the table, right? right Again, right. there was 20 people at this table. It was a long table. I assumed this whole group is friends, right? Kind right? Of, yeah. They're all, you know, married and have kids. And this is the adult night out, right? And so anyways, that, you know, the couple in the washroom is not hiding this. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're quite loud and we're, we're laughing. It's funny, right? And then the, another lady walks by and I... Go to almost say, don't go in there, but I don't. And she opens the door, quickly slams the door, walks out, hustles back over. The two come out of the washroom, hustle back over. There's something going on in the, the room. Right. But I'm not going to peek and look, right? Yeah. <laughs> say to my team, like, hey, we got to plate this next course. Something happens in there. But I go out. We clear the table of plates. There are two missing people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The couple that was in the washroom is at the table not sitting next to each other anyways we finished the dinner and um at the end of the night i'm just gonna stand out with the the host and uh, he says oh, i'm so sorry about tonight mind telling what happened he says well my sister's marriage hasn't been going well and she cheated on her husband tonight at the dinner <laughs> and her husband was, of all and, her, and, her, and her husband was here no and I was not going to let him ruin my night without the kids. So I told him he had to leave. <laughs> and I was just He's like, like y'all can oh, deal with this my, on your own right? time. I, I was just like, holy cow. right? And, <laughs> but I just thought it was so funny how he was like, I guess he just never had, a, hadn't had an adult weekend in so long. And yeah. <laughs> he was so set on like having his Good vibes. Night. Yeah. You are not ruining it. I was like. I love that. Right? I, I, I love it. He was like, listen, you guys can fight about. I was going to ask you, you know, how often, you know, you think that people come to your dinners and that leads to them getting laid. Well, I was also going to ask you, has it led to you getting laid, but you're married. So. Right? Well, but you know what? Here's, here's the thing is 
this is how I met my wife. Oh, really? Okay. Right. So the very first event I ever did in San Francisco, I actually came down the beginning of 2019. I did an event with a chef there. I just reached out, said, I want to come help. We did it together. So I came back later that year in October, did my own dinner. It had sold out. So I wanted to come in a day early and go out and celebrate and go to a, like a Michelin starred restaurant because right. I'd never been to one before. And so I went on Hinge and I created a profile and Hinge was the one app where you could pick another city that you didn't live in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just meet a girl. Big fan of Hinge. Right? <laughs> For that reason. Love Hinge, right? <laughs> but I was like, I'm just going to meet a girl that we can go out and we'll have one night together. And right. my friends were like, you're going to take a Hinge date to a two Michelin star restaurant? <laughs> I was like, this is for me. Okay. <laughs> this is what I'm always looking I, for in hand. Right. Like, invite me to a Michelin star dinner. <laughs> yes. And so, so yeah, so we had matched and we, she always says like, there was no conversation right. to the point where she almost thought of canceling because she had to go to Arizona the next day, right. but she didn't because it was a two Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. And She's a foodie. Yes. I'm well, glad, glad she, yes. she appreciated that because I feel like some people are like, what is this on oh, my yeah. plate? You're like, oh my God, yeah. like, why did I take this person well, here? <laughs> that was, you know what? Here's the thing. It's like, I actually went out and got a new blazer made for the date. Right. Right. So I think deep down, I was like, oh, that wouldn't this be cool if this was the person? Yeah. But I was like, not thinking that way. Right. And as corny as it sounds, like as I saw her walking towards me in person, I was just like okay right this is there's right. something like I'm, I'm excited right one of the dishes in the venue was a duck heart tongue gizzard something else but really far out their food and she ate it all without right. batting an eye what she later on told me was really hard for her to do she didn't like it but i was, <laughs> I was watching she ate it i was like whoa right <laughs> so yeah it it we went out for wine after and the date like lasted till late in the night. And the next day we met for coffee and I was like, would you like to come up to Vancouver? I got your plane ticket. Yeah. Oh. You know, and when was this? This was 2019. Yeah. And so then I actually came down in February and was staying kind of full time with her and then the pandemic hit. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I had known, I knew by then that like I wanted to marry this girl. Right. And so I had planned a trip to Greece for us in the summer and we were going to go and I had this whole proposal and then COVID hits. I went back to Canada. Canada wouldn't let anyone in. Yeah. Right. And, you know, after three months, you know, we Skyping and talking every day and that I kind of just said, you know, I had a Trip, our trip to Greece, I was going to propose to you. Right. Like, do you want to wait like a whole another I'm year? Like, yeah. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, you know what? I was going to propose to you. I'm yeah. like, I love you. And she's like, I love you. And she's like, get next plane you can get on, come here and let's elope. Right. And since your family's in Canada, mine's America, we won't have a wedding until our five year anniversary. Right. And so we, uh, I got into San Francisco. We went to Presidio Park. We eloped in, on, in this beautiful parkway where a whole bunch of strangers stopped and watched yeah. us. And, <laughs> Probably was nice over the pandemic, people seeing some people getting right? married. It's like a little heartwarming, <laughs> wholesome. And then we, you know, all the restaurants were closed except for this Italian restaurant that had a patio open. It was raining. People were out there and then everyone in the restaurant like made our wedding night feel really special and it was beautiful. That's why I say cannabis has brought me all the happiness in right. life because like I found 
my person. You found your person. Yeah. You found right? uh, you have a passion. You have yeah. a purpose too. You're leading this whole this industry. And I think that I was gonna say earlier, you said one way you can relate to me is the traveling, but yeah. another thing is I feel like you do live with, you know, so much of the stigma the same stigma that I live yeah. with for yeah. like sex work and yeah. this kind of thing. I mean, that very much applies to cannabis as well, because I know when we first met, I was trying to post from the yeah. dinner and your Instagram kept Fucking, getting deleted. Oh, I was like, the Instagram getting taken down. The best thing I did was started advertising with Meta because I spend so much money advertising my events that I get a person. So now if I get shut down, I call this number right. and in 24 hours I get it back, right? Oh, because yeah. what I say is I don't sell cannabis. I'm, right. an, I'm an educator, right? right? And uh, Very much, I, I mean, I feel like even your, your cookbook is not just, you know, it's so much about yeah. the science yeah. behind it, you and know? That's like with our dinners and events, people are like, do we get to smoke? Can I dab? And like, like we just don't do that at our dinners. I feel like that because when we had the dinner, there was one guy he was dabbing during yes. it, but I feel like that he that guy was trying to get high, yeah. you know. But I was like, to me, I was like, I want to experience this yeah. the way it's intended to be experienced, and, like, and with your. If you dosing. get a chance to go to a cannabis dinner, here's like my advice: is do not smoke that day. Right. Let the first like high come in from the dinner. Right. Right. Like I don't know people who smoke before they come in the door. You actually delay the edible. Right. Interesting. Right? So if you wanted to activate quicker, get some saturated fat in your stomach. Go have McDonald's for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get a little chesy in you. Right. That'll help right. with the cannabis. Like get going okay. quicker. Okay. Right. Well, that's, well, that's a great tip. So that yeah. so then that could work at any time. So if yeah. you're like, I need to get high, yeah. work quickly, eat some McDonald's yeah. beforehand. And if you want to start to experiment a little bit more on the whole terpene thing, right? Like, so mangoes, which we find a terpene called mercine. Mm -hmm. So mercine is responsible for the sedative effect. It's what gives us the munchies. Right. right? If you eat a mango about 30, 40 minutes before smoking that first joint, you'll increase the effects of the cannabinoids just right. from the mango. Because you're like kind of right? prepping that's, your body for it. Well, that's, you're taking the terpenes from the mango and now you've ingested the cannabinoids in your body and they're reacting, right? right? So that's what I'm trying to do with the menu right. when I'm pairing terpene profiles and up is like, how can I create this arc of experience for our guests? Right. Right. That's going to like, going to kind of go from start to end. Right. right? And so- you know, we've got Valentine's Day coming up. I'm going to be up in Portland and Seattle and like my whole focus can be aphrodisiacs and like, you know, how can I put this all into a menu so it flows and it works with it and some oysters. Know, oh, those right? oysters yeah. you had in our meal were amazing too. Yeah. That watermelon stuff oh, on yeah. top. Yes. What's it called? Yeah. The champagne granada. Yeah, yeah, Granita. yeah. Granita, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I was new serology. Yeah. Oh, that was delicious. I love oysters. Well, I was actually, and I wanted to ask you, I guess good since Valentine's Day is coming up, what, as a chef, not just, you know, as yeah. a, you know, cannabis chef, yeah. what's your go-to, if you were going to, someone's like, I want to make my partner or, you know, my special person dinner, yeah. you know, what kind of ingredients or what kind of things you would be simple that someone who's not a professional chef could do that would maybe still involve some of those you know, we're ingredients? so lucky with like today's generation like myself i'm a prime example because i'm not a classically trained chef i didn't go to school i didn't work in restaurants i'm a school youtube so you can really do go out there and find a little foolproof sort of guide ahead of the way you don't if you want to cook with your partner, right, and kind of make it 
seductive and sexy and fun. There's really two ways to do it. It's like, hey, let's do this together. Right. Right. And if you're going to do that, like pick a recipe where you're going to get your hands dirty. Right. Right. Oh. Where you got to get in there and like, you got to knead the dough. You're going to make pasta. Right. Right. You got to get in there and knead that dough together. And flour is going to get everywhere. You can be kind of playful and flirty with right. it. Right. Or you just kind of do the, you know what? I'm going to have you sit down right here. Here's a glass of wine. Right. Right. I'm going to cook something for right. you. You don't have to overcomplicate it. There doesn't have to be a ton of ingredients. Like simplicity done right, right, can mm -hmm. be the perfect thing. Right. You know? And then you're not stressed because I feel like you try to plan something too crazy. And now you're kind of killing your your libido. My whole thing, ex exactly. And and if that's the route you're going to take, right? Like I want you to sit down and give you a glass of wine. What I would do is like get your prep done ahead of time. Like mm -hmm. if, if your recipe calls you to chop some onions up, do that ahead of time so you're, you're not, not tearing up in front of her, you know, right? So First time you see your, your man cry. And I tell you what, listen, if you sit her down or him down and you've got all these little bowls and everything's prepped out and you're like ready to go, you got your apron on, your towels over your shoulder, yeah. right? Like you've got them. Yeah, right? yeah, you got yeah, them yeah. And like, oh, here, let me pour a little more wine in that glass for you, right? Yeah. Like if we're going with the cannabis route, like, you know have some nice little strains sit out i think i think that's the whole thing because you know people are always intimidated to cook for me or cook you know anytime they have a chef coming over like we are so grateful that you are cooking for us because that's that, what you do like, all the time yeah. right that we do all the time we are not judging right right we do not judge we're not going out and be like holy shit like boy he missed the salt there with yeah. that one right <laughs> no listen if we're sitting down in a restaurant and i'm spending a couple hundred dollars yeah. yes in my head i'm like da, 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 da. but you know we're going to be grateful to be cooked for and i think that's with anyone mm. and here's the special thing with food it doesn't matter what culture we come from we all share this moment you know where you sit around a table with your family with loved ones there's something very you know, spiritual, very emotional, everything that's involved with the process of like breaking bread and sharing a meal. Right. It's food is life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, the steps to like perfecting that day, just like don't overcomplicate it, you know, get prepared, right? Maybe practice the recipe once right. at a time <laughs> if you want, but also don't be afraid to screw it up. Right. I mean, if you if screw you it up, <laughs> laugh take about out. it, own it, order takeout. And then you know what? You've got a story like, right. hey, remember the time I was going to impress you with that Gordon Ramsay recipe and I've Oh yeah, shit I know. Bed on I, I think uh, my my boyfriend in college, uh, I was vegan, which he thought was ridiculous because yeah. you're from the south. And I remember he for Valentine's Day one year he he cooked. You know, he'd always give me shit about being vegan. Yeah. I would always eat at home because in the south back there you couldn't really find vegan stuff. So I would eat. I was a very I wasn't one of those annoying people. Who was like I can't eat that. I yeah. would eat before I went places, and then I would just make a tiny plate of yeah. what I could eat. I didn't I didn't want to be obnoxious to people, but he cooked me a you know, and it was something real simple. Because, yeah. you know, we didn't have a fancy Whole Foods. He didn't, right. he wasn't a chef. He wasn't yeah. vegan. Yeah. So it was just some simple vegetable dishes. Yeah. But it was, it was the love and me knowing that he didn't really get why I was vegan yeah. and he didn't necessarily agree with it, but yeah. he cared about me yeah. enough to do this thing for me. And, yeah. and I, I always, I mean, that was years and years and years yeah. ago. And I still remember that as just a, a lovely date that you know, meant a lot to me. Food, food has the power that music does, you know, mm -hmm. where it can like take you back to a time and a place. Like when I hear 
early Eminem songs. I'm telling you, I remember grade eight, grade nine. Mm-hmm. Like, I remembered those moments, the part like where I was like, it's really weird. And same with food. Right. Right. There are certain bites. You know, I have found my favorite places in America where I get like super excited when I know my tour stop is going to hit like, you know, yeah. Kansas City. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to hit the town top of cheeseburgers there and then go to New York and get yeah. these milkshakes there, yeah. you know, so. I have the best barbecue in my life in Kansas City. Okay. I still think yeah. about that place. I, I honestly, I don't even know what it was called, but I think I could find it on a map because I know where we parked our tour bus. <laughs> and we, I actually recommended it to someone years later. Okay. I was like, okay, we parked here. Yeah. I think we walked and I and I ended up being able to find it. And he was like, oh, it's the best barbecue I've ever had. So I think about it all the time. And next time I go back there, I'll be sad if I can't. There is, I rent this loft in Kansas City and there is a diner that's been there for 80 plus years. It's called Town Topic. Mm-hmm. It's open 24 hours. Ooh. So you get the people watching at nighttime yeah. is quite fun, but they have these like $3, $3.50 cheeseburgers. It's crack. Yeah. <laughs> I had 12 the first time I was there to now where I'm like, okay, I only get to have three or four and I'm going to wait until the last night of my, all my events before I go and splurge. Right, Cause I'm right, like, right. that's not the healthy eating that I want to be doing, you know, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting yeah. the crack burger. Yeah. There. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out. This was very enlightening. Yeah. And what do you want to plug? I know you, you got your dinners, you got your, your book. Yeah. So, can- yeah. So I think uh best way to follow me is Instagram at the underscore nomad cook. I'm on the other platforms. I just don't post anything on there. If you can't find him, he'll be back in 24 hours. Yeah, I'll be back in 24 (laughs) hours. The nomadcook.com is my website. Nomadic Nights, that's the pop-up cannabis tour that we do. So all those dates are announced through Instagram. You need a link, a link to be able to get tickets to it. So if you see us coming to one of your cities, you know, all you got to do is hit us up. We'll give you the link. Yeah, 10 out of 10 recommended. Uh, Even if you've never tried cannabis or you're scared of it this would be the perfect way to try it for your first time uh, my book introduction to culinary cannabis find it on my website amazon indigo whatever bookstores to order it and then the culinary cannabis class will be launching in uh you know before 420 so that's gonna be the big thing is education and and you know where are you going to do that travel so that that's going to be it's all being done like masterclass online to be able to do it from your own kitchen at your own pace again just want to give everyone the fundamentals on how to be safe Mm -hmm. right how to dose accurately how to kind of understand the math behind it and again it's 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 not it's for the person who wants to become a cannabis chef but it's also for the home cook right right like safety is only going to help this whole industry rise right we need to break the stigmas that edibles are brownies and cookies and gummies that you know get kids high in that like right, you know right. we we need to show that it can be done safely and us chefs are the ones to do it. We are meticulous. We don't want people greening out and getting sick. So Right. A hundred percent. No, because yeah. you're right. That stigma is what keep, when bad things happen because people do it improperly. It just sets us back. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so yeah. It's like someone who's going to do some crazy BDSM, you know, you got to know what you're doing. <laughs> you're like, right? So I really relate to this. <laughs> you're like, education is always important with yeah. these things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, and yeah. uh, enjoy the rest of your time in LA. Yeah. And I am going to probably come eat Korean barbecue with you tonight. Oh, I so. am so excited. I mean, if you pick the place, I got to go. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those stops. Yeah. No limit tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and even learned a few things. You can catch a new episode of X-Version every Friday. In the meantime, follow us for more at Woo More Play. 
And don't forget to leave a rating and review. We're choosing random reviewers to send free Wombware Play gifts to all the time. Until next time.